Hi everyone, welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast. I'm your host Spencer Lodge and it's my job to make the time you're about to give me as valuable as possible. My job here is to share content I've made across all of my endeavors and ventures as an entrepreneur and bring you stories, lessons and insights from my conversations with some great achievers in business and personal development. I'm an author, CEO of the Blue Sky Thinking Group here in Dubai and a really passionate content creator. Also on my own creative journey and with so much going on, this show is a way for me to funnel out value from all of the work my team and I are doing so that we can share it with our audiences online in an easy audio format. For those that attend my seminars or follow me on social media, this is just some extra material to get stuck into on your own journey in business, sales, personal development, whatever aspect you are working on and improving your life. Today's podcast, probably one of the most unique podcasts we've recorded. This is because I've brought some incredibly established, well-known and quite frankly wealthy people on my podcast. That being said, there is a huge part of my audience waiting to take the leap, waiting to start that startup, waiting to create that podcast, waiting to quit their jobs and follow their passions. Sid and Manta are those kind of people and between them, they've done all three. Sid is a well-known podcaster with 24,000 subscribers and is well-known for tech reviews and living in Dubai. Mamta is a very recognizable face on the agency marketing circuit here in Dubai, speaking at various conferences and leading campaigns for huge brands. In this podcast, they talk about taking the leap into the world of podcast in a new market like the Middle East, how YouTube doubled their podcast audience. Are they in the business of podcasting for the attention and money or for a higher purpose? That's one where they have a different opinion, which I like. I think sharing the big picture has been great and I love all of the reflective stories my previous guests have shared. But this is a great documentation of the journey from a couple that are right in the middle of it, whilst having their first baby no less. And if you're literally on the verge of starting a podcast like I was a few months ago, then this will probably push you over the edge. If you've enjoyed several of these podcasts or it's your first one, I'd really love you to rate and review the show. Ideally, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or some love in the SoundCloud comments. It all helps to get the show discovered. And also, do me a favour. If you're listening to this episode right now and it's safe wherever you are, so you're not driving or at risk of falling off a treadmill or even cutting yourself while cooking, grab a phone, okay, and send me a DM on Instagram at spencer.lodge or email me at sl-it-happen.com. I love the ratings and reviews, but one thing I've never expected was all of the messages and comments on my social media, and I love it and I would love more. Also, if you're on Facebook, check me out at Spencer Lodge Official. Anywhere you can contact me directly, please do. I can't wait to hear from you. So if you're ready to get stuck in, I really hope you enjoy my interview with Sid and Mumta. Remember, at the end of the interview, I'll be back to tell you more about how the interview took place, what I've learned and applied, and share a few extra notes on the content. So Sid and Manta, thank you so much for coming to the show. You inspire me because what you've been doing, you've been doing for longer than I have, okay? And you've produced such a great result with your podcast. I mean, Startup Hustle Middle East. Thank you. First of all, how did it start and, and who convinced you to do it? So uh, both of, so I'm a, I'm a founder of a company as well. So uh, I started this company. I promise called, you we'll come on to that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I started the company, uh, ajarkar.com. And, um, you know, when I was at the starting phase of that company, like I want, I was looking for lots of uh, resources to learn because I, I was new to entrepreneurship. You know, we listened to lots of audiobooks, Mamta as well, like we're a big fan of audiobooks and then it moved from audiobooks to podcasts. And I found the podcast a bit more of a better platform because, you know, you hear real stories from people. It's a bit more organic. Then we realized there's, there's nobody really doing this for the Middle East because the Middle East market's a bit different, um, you know, and uh, the startup ecosystem is growing in the Middle East and we see it growing even more in the next couple of years. So we thought it'd be a good time to come in early. It gives us a great opportunity to meet other entrepreneurs, learn from other people. We get VCs on the podcast as well uh, to come and talk to us. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a good knowledge sharing experience for us and the listeners as well. So we thought it was a yeah. nice idea. Actually, we have this rule that we have that every time we go on holiday, we set a goal for ourselves. Yeah. So we are such 
avid podcast listeners and we have our favorites when it comes to like entrepreneurship and startups mm-hmm. i have spoken at a lot of startup events as well so we were quite entrenched in the ecosystem so we went on holiday and we were like okay i think we should create some content that's niche and um, that's about a topic that we're really really excited and passionate about and let's give it a try and let's give it a go and see where it goes and we started in july last year and it has been so exciting because we've learned so much we've met some really interesting people yourself included <laughs> and yeah it's been a great journey so far so do you remember the first one you did yes yeah. it was introducing startup hustle middle east it was weird like cuz the format of it has kind of changed since the first one we did the first one we did we did was about 7 months ago now and we kind of wanted to let listeners know what we were uh, going, going to, to cover. cover in the podcast so like if somebody stumbled across the podcast and they heard the first one they kind of get an idea of where we are coming from the idea that uh, you know i'm a founder of a company and we co-founded ajar car and that i have a tech background she has a marketing background and that we could share some of our knowledge and then the idea was to eventually so the first few episodes we did was about just knowledge sharing like our experience of starting yeah. a company and then uh, now it's kind of moved into interviewing other founders and um, you know speaking to VCs and other people in the startup ecosystem so the format's kind of changed it's gotten much longer as well we got feedback that our first few episodes were like 6 7 minutes long highly edited so we'd like um, you know cut down all the stuff just to the Keep point it. kind of thing and then we realize that people kind of listen to podcasts when they're working out or when they're driving and stuff so long format kind of works so for interviews anyway i think long form format works better yeah and we've also introduced well somewhat recently uh, a video format of our podcast as well just like yourself mm-hmm. so um because sid has a youtube channel too so he he and i have always been in the content creation business in some way or the other so or a hobby if you mm-hmm. want to call it that but um so because of that like he got a lot of feedback from his youtube subscribers as well that it would be great to do a video format of the podcast yeah so it's changed quite a bit considering that you know it hasn't been that long so since we started mm-hmm. i think youtube was a good idea it's kind of doubled our audience you know just uh, because some people just don't like the audio form- format as much as the video format so and i feel like it's a little bit new in the uae we attended an event called the middle east podcast forum where they invited content creators uh, people that were just interested and excited about podcasts thinking of starting one it was held at in5 and it didn't pull a really huge crowd but it is a a small community of yeah. podcast content creators and a big topic of discussion was is the market changing and angami was over there as well and they were talking about introducing uh, and supporting local podcast content um so there are steps being taken to educate people like a lot of times when we tell people we have a podcast i'm a little bit surprised that people are like oh where wh- where do i go to listen to the podcast i'm like yeah. what you don't know okay go on youtube the good thing is that there are some podcasts that are gaining a lot of popularity and listenership and people are getting a little bit more familiarized with the platform yeah. um which is great for us as content creators it's it's very i guess it's been really motivating when uh we get responses on linkedin and on our instagram channel about people saying that they've derived value from it yeah. it because it's 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 work it's a lot of work <laughs> and you have to consistently keep at it so it has been gaining traction which is what we're excited about but yeah we're hoping the market also matures and starts listening to more and more podcast content and audio content Well I think with the, with the advent of the likes of Alexa and Google Home and these other devices there there are uh, ample places for people no matter where they're moving from between or two to be able to consume content yeah. in different ways than just staring at videos which we got used to for a while. Yeah. yeah. What what I really want to know though is did you start this because you saw it as a business opportunity or you started it because of something completely unrelated to that? For me we have both we both have different points of view on this one but for me it was um 
two things. One is like I wanted to share my experience and my knowledge with people. I find that attractive to me. Uh, that's what I like about YouTube as well. You know, I'm a, I'm a YouTuber as well, and I, sh I like to share knowledge with other people. It's just something I enjoy doing. Uh, and the second thing was um, I wanted to learn from other people. And the podcast gives you access to people for an extended period of time. Like, for example, we met on the podcast. We spent an hour and a half talking. Um, you know, like we probably wouldn't cross paths like that otherwise or spend that much time talking to each other. The podcast gives you like a structured way of speaking to somebody, keeping them for a while. And a lot of times post recording as well, we have extended conversations. It's really a good learning experience. It's like kind of meeting multiple mentors, you know, in the back end for me. So it's, it's uh, for me, it's more like a, a sharing of what we learn and then learning myself. So free, free coaching then? Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Free coaching. <laughs> Not only is it free coaching, it's free coaching from people who are really influential or yeah. who have really done it or you know who've uh, accomplished something mm. great. So that's when you invite people to come and share their story with you, how much resistance do you get? Recently I've I've been talking to someone and it's been a little bit it's, it's taken a couple of emails for them to really understand, and I'm still not sure if they completely understand, what value it's going to bring to them, even though it's an opportunity for them. It's an incubator, and it's a great opportunity for them to profile themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because of the lack of understanding of exactly what a podcast is. Yeah. So that's a little bit frustrating sometimes, but honestly, it hasn't happened that much. A lot of people are very happy to be in front of a camera to share their story, and we've had some really honest conversations uh, in our podcast. Aside from the one that we had with you, um, for example, we had uh, Muhammad, who is the founder of Mr. Draper, and he was, he was very real about all the mistakes he made as part of his business or startup. I know you prefer the term business. <laughs> but it was very, very insightful as a conversation. Um, and we got really good feedback on that episode as well of our podcast. Mm -hmm. And even after we stopped recording, uh, it, was, it was great having a chat with him because there is a different level of empathy when you are in the same boat as someone else. Yeah. We haven't faced much resistance in terms of getting people on the show. Just sometimes the education is the issue of podcast as a format, you know? Also, also, I think, um, you know, we've had a little bit of success recently in getting more high-profile people on the podcast. So we had, like, Fadi Gandur, who is the, you know, he's the managing partner of Bamda Capital, which is one of the largest... Uh, VCs. VC firms, yeah. um, we got, um, you know, uh, the Philip founder, Philip Bahushi, yeah. who's the founder of Magnet. So if you're at all following the startup ecosystem, Magnet's the place to like follow the trends and the news and they have all the analytical data and stuff like that. It's like the crunch base for the Middle East. Kinda. And then, uh, so we've had, uh, you know, we had the founder of Step. Step is one of the largest startup conferences that happened. So we've had uh, good opportunities to speak to some really high profile people and that's kind of helped us now that other people see that oh it's these people on the podcast i think it's easier to get more people access to, to yeah they, to, they see more value in it yeah what i find really interesting is the feedback i get from from my audience yeah. based upon the actual person that's being interviewed mm -hmm. not their status or their position or their career mm -hmm. that that, that person that's got a really raw story that people can connect with mm -hmm. seems, to, seems to resonate with so many more people. They're kind of like, they felt that person. And I find that, that when, when they, they feel them, they're drawn into it and they tell other people. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that the the biggest thing that we're trying to fight is that entrepreneurship has become really glamorized. Like, it's really sexy to be an entrepreneur right now. And it's all right to fail. And it's all right to be... Uh, a serial entrepreneur and there's all this, uh, there's a lot of drama and, uh, and yeah. stardom around entrepreneurship and we want to dispel those myths and we yeah. want to talk about the fact that it's really hard work, it requires a lot of persistence, it requires a lot of tenacity. He's pitched Ijarkar a lot of times in front of yeah. a lot of people, he's always pitching. Anytime he meets anyone, he's pitching Ijarkar as am I. 
So I think that it's really important that we address those things so that people who are considering entrepreneurship realize what they're getting into. It's a lot of hard work and it's a commitment, not for short-term gains, but you have to think of it as an eight, 10-year vision. Yeah. It's building a business, you know? So uh, what we try to do on the podcast, like as you said, like real stories, right? Like uh, something that people connect with. And uh, so when we talk to somebody on the podcast, we, we, it's, it's not like a puff piece, um, you know, like yeah. a, only the good stuff. Or, yeah, he's uh, accomplished this and this and this. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. Great, uh, I'm amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what we try to do is um, try, we try to pick on those moments of what's hard about entrepreneurship or like what people can learn from other people's mistakes. So we try to focus on those kind of things, the mistakes that other founders have made. And I think that makes more uh, interesting content as well, because like, you know, um, that's the most valuable bit, right? Like entrepreneurs who have failed at something and then they, they learn and they, they adapt. And so um, I've failed at many things as well. So I try to share the things that I know don't work for me. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's where our, our podcast kind of becomes interesting to the audience as well. Do, do you think that so far on your podcasting journey that this has been a journey for the both of you that i.e you're getting mo the most out of it more than anybody else for sure absolutely for sure yeah, yeah. so it's selfish it's entirely selfish it's absolutely yeah. selfish yeah. <laughs> okay it's not entirely selfish but um i think we've been surprised by i've been surprised by how much i've learned from conversations with people and like I said earlier, it is hard work, but it doesn't feel like it so much because it's really exciting to do it. Yeah. And it's really exciting to to talk to people and have access to people that, that we wouldn't normally have access to and just learn from them both on air and off air. Um, we're, we're deriving tons and tons of value from it. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun actually. Yeah, the way I look at it is that I'm learning from a different mentor every week and we're kind of sharing the experience on our podcast and that's how I look at it. Yeah. What, what came first, your, your startup or the podcast? The startup. So I did the startup about, I started about two and a half years ago. Tell us about that business. So Ijarkar is a car rental marketplace and what we do is we've developed a platform uh, and a technology stack that allows small to medium sized car rental companies mm -hmm. to go online for e-commerce. While you're, while you're talking about it, I'm just going to look at it and get the website Sure. Out. Sure. So, Ijarcar.com. Um, Ijar means rent in Arabic. That's the yes, one? Yes, that's the one. So um, what happens is that there are over 700 car rental companies in Dubai. Mm -hmm. Like you have your big ones like Hertz and Avis, and then you have your medium size, and then you have many, many small ones. Mm -hmm. And they don't have a good uh, way to market mine. themselves. Exactly. Yep. So Ajarkar provides them the technology platform. We do it for free. They can use our system to manage the inventory and all that. And we also have their data about which cars they have at which prices. So we aggregate all that data from all these small car rental companies. We have about 60 or 70 on the platform. And, and that allows us to have a huge selection of cars. So a lot of these small guys have unique cars. They have luxury cars, Ultra luxury cars, cars, sports cars, exotic cars. So we have all kinds of different cars. Over 300 on the platform right now. And how uh, do you make your money? You take a cut of the rental. So yeah, so so we tell the the car rental company you can use our software for free to manage all your stuff. But if we provide you a sale, they have to go as a commission from their side. So we don't uh, inflate the price. They, uh, so and that's how we manage to stay competitive. Yeah. And because these local car rental companies have a smaller fleet, um, they also have really competitive pricing. So as a customer, I benefit from having access to local car rental companies without having to go visit each and, and access to a wide range. And long-term rentals, leasing as we well? Do. Leasing yes. as well. Yeah, yes. all of that? Yeah. So we do... So if uh, I arrived in Dubai, I set my company up, I've employed three people, I need to take a 12-month lease on three cars, yeah. I can still find it on your website. Correct. So, uh, so we do short-term uh, rentals online. So like say you want to take a car on a monthly basis, you can book that online. If you want to do a lease, like a 12-month lease, those products are generally a bit more complicated. So you know, there's more to it, there's like terms and conditions, and you can vary, like maybe you want more kilometers, or maybe you want a different kind of insurance. 
So those we do offline, but what we'll do is we will uh, provide you rates from multiple car rental companies and you can choose. So it's like a blind bid that happens between our car rental partners. So for you, it's like a one-stop shop. Like you come in, put in your requirements and you'll get quotes from different car rental companies. Without having to contact each one of them. Yeah. So from so. a customer point of view, it's always all about convenience in getting the best price. Yeah. Whether it's short-term, car rental, long-term So I'm going to say something companies. really horrible here, so please don't shoot me down. Sure. Is this an Airbnb for cars? It is... Uh, More like a kayak? It's not exactly. So we kind of model ourselves... Uh, That's not a horrible thing. Yeah. It's not well, exactly it's, it's a cliche name. when people say, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, an Uber of this, an yeah, Airbnb yeah, yeah, of that. Yeah. So but people get the concept when you explain it like that. So. We're kind of like an Airbnb of cars, but we don't source cars from other individuals. So it's, uh, so like it's illegal to do that in Dubai. Initially, yeah. that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to do a peer-to-peer -peer car sharing platform. Like Turo? Kind of like Turo. Uh, we kind of modeled Never all our... Never heard of it. Turo um, is, a, is a big company in the US. They've raised about $160 million. And they allow you... So say you have a car. And, you're going um, skiing. You're going Very skiing uh, for a month. And you say you want to make some money on it. You can rent it out on the platform on Turo. And somebody else will come and take your car and they'll return it after a month. So that Turo is like the Airbnb of car rentals. Yeah. So is, we I are think. a little bit more like a kayak, I would say. Or so we are, yeah, kind of yeah. like kayak. So is the plan to build this company and sell it? Well, right now, we are not looking at selling it. We're just focused on building it. For so how long? So we, we're doing, we've been doing it for two and a half years. Okay. But uh, the plan's not to sell it right now. We, we hope to be profitable. Okay. Yeah. Am I asking questions you don't want me to ask? No, absolutely. No, not at okay. all. Not so at will, all. will you want to sell it one day? If the price is right. Okay. <laughs> but when you, when you start a business, for, for me, the game plan has to be at the beginning, am I going to build this, this legacy business mm -hmm. or am I building to sell? So, See, the thing is, uh, of course, we are looking to raise capital. So there has to be a payout for investors as well. So at some point, the idea would be to grow this to a point where we would potentially be acquired by one of the larger uh, you know, companies uh, from outside this How region. How much money do you need to raise? Right now, we're looking to raise about $300,000. It's a seed round. Okay. Mm -hmm. So once you've got the $300,000 in, that's going to give you a cash burn for how long? About a year. Okay. That's what we're looking at. And then yeah. after that year, more money? More money, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 That would be the plan. Without trying to be offensive in any way, sure. This no, isn't the worry. sexiest of industries, is it? You know, I, I'm, I've, I've got businesses that people are like. How do you get into that? It's not really, it's not really glamorous, is it? You know, yeah. and, and, and neither would I describe yours as being glamorous. You know, well, it could be because we deal in a lot in exotic and luxury cars, so it's kind of. <laughs> well, uh, I think we discussed that he is a little bit of a geek, so um, I think he was always going to get into a business that had something to do with cars, um, okay. but, but I think that the technology of Ajar car makes it sexy for some investors. Yeah. But yeah, when you, when you talk about like car rental business, people aren't jumping off their seats. No, not, but, yeah. but when I think when people look at our website and check out the user experience, and the technology behind it, the way we aggregate all the different car rentals, I think that's sexy. So. Well, hold on a minute, let's ask this question. You, you, you meet, you, get, you go on a couple's date, so you two together, you've, got, you, you've met someone, <laughs> and let's go and have dinner, all four of us to dinner together. Yeah. And you go for dinner. Mm -hmm. okay. And the guy that's there says, so, what do you do for a living? Do you say, I'm an entrepreneur? <laughs> do you say, I'm in the car rental business? Or do you say I'm a tech startup? Tech startup. A tech startup. Yeah. So we are, we don't own any cars. Mm -hmm. So we're not a car rental company. We are essentially a car rental technology mm -hmm. and marketing company. Yeah, understood. Mm. So, so our speciality is user experience, uh, customer satisfaction, like, uh, you know, building good relationships with customers because we have excellent customer service. So, and then uh, it's also the convenience factor, like we deliver the cars to the car rental, com uh, to the customer, so that whole experience is better. We also curate the car rental companies. So, you know, we don't just deal with any small car rental company that wants to come on our Got platform. Yeah. We make yeah. sure that they're uh, they good. Clean. And then of course, it's our digital marketing and content skills that 
you know, these guys don't have. Mm -hmm. So I'm the consumer, for the benefit of the audience, mm -hmm. give, me, give me three reasons mm -hmm. why, without getting into detail about the business, yeah. give me three reasons, because you're plugging your business here, so we'll mm -hmm. let that plug go on. <laughs> three reasons why people should want to use your business over alternatives. So price-wise, for a particular model of car, you're going to get pretty much the best or like we have about 20% better than market average price. So for example, if four people have a Land Cruiser, somebody might have it for 500, you know, and maybe three of them have it for 400. And on our platform, you'll find it for 400 because we market compare and we give you one price for one car. So best price. So there's the best price for that car price, that we yeah. can find within mm -hmm. our network of companies that we think are a good company. Okay. Uh, secondly, it's convenience. So the car gets delivered to you and uh, the whole process is online. So you can pay by a credit card. It's super convenient. You don't have to you know, go back and forth. And so you potentially could sit on a phone at a bus stop, order your car, yeah. have it delivered yeah. to the bus stop. Yes. With your ID yeah. and your... Yeah, yeah, yeah you exactly. could yeah, yeah. the convenience. Yeah. It's like what Amazon did in the States with the, the guys that were homeless and living on the streets. And yeah. they, they delivered the, 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 the clothing packages oh, to where yeah. they were sat on the street corners and where they were sat. So they had no fixed address. But mm -hmm. potentially. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so, so price. Convenience. convenience. What's the other reason? Customer service. Yeah. Because even after the car is delivered, the car is always delivered clean, on time. But aside from that, we also follow up with them about how their experience has been with the jar car, which yeah. a lot of local car rental companies don't bother with and don't do. So definitely those three things. See, I would say. The aim for us, since we are, uh, you know, a conversion based, um, you know, we only make money when we convert a customer. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and our game is lifetime value. So we want customers to keep using our service. Mm -hmm. So um, if the customer has a bad experience, then we're the losers because, you know, uh, for us to acquire a customer, we need them to be, you know, a lifetime value customer for it to make sense. So we it's focus heavily on the customer experience, right? Because we want them to come back. We, want you know, stop working with car rental companies that don't deliver on time or the cars aren't clean. If we get negative feedback, about a particular partner, even though they might be cheaper, we'll eliminate them from the platform. Because for us to eliminate a partner, it doesn't affect us because we are sourcing from so many, right? So I think that's like overall, you'll have a better experience with the jar car. Is your company worth millions and millions of dollars yet? No, not, not at all. Not yet. Is there an element of romance to that kind of like, I've got this startup, I've got this concept, I've, I've done a proof of concept. I'm now creating revenue through this strategy. For me right now, it's just I want to get to the next phase where I can expand this, you know, and, and grow and uh, and get more people using our service. And I'm, for me, it's always been about creating a change or an impact, like uh, more than the eventual monetary gain out of it. Yes, of course, I'd like a life where I wouldn't have to worry about money, but I don't think my requirements are that high. Really? It is. It is about uh, having a legacy that's not about I want to be rich, 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 but yeah. having creating a business that makes an impact, yeah. makes a positive change. Whether that's creating a lot of jobs, whether that's yeah. making people's lives easier, like being known for that, rather than the fact that you know we've exited and made a ton of a ton of money yeah. and are lying on a bed of money or something <laughs> like it's not about that that i think comes with with creating a business that makes an impact you know so i don't know for me like i feel like there's a threshold to wealth like if you like say once you made 10 million dollars or 100 million dollars like your life doesn't really change after that right of course, we're very far away from that, but <laughs> <laughs> if I'd reached that level of money, I'd probably be an angel investor or something. You know? Well, I talk from my own experience because I got there mm. okay. and I got to that place and, and it didn't make me a better person. Mm -hmm. In fact, it probably made me <laughs> a, worse uh, person. A, a, a worse person. I think my, my, at my height of my income, at my most wealthiest, Mm -hmm. I'd probably become the most arrogant, obnoxious, know-it-all gobshite that existed on this planet. Mm -hmm. So I don't think 
that it's always a good thing. Yeah. They say that, you know, when you hear the rags to riches story that mm. you hear so often, whether it's in the movies or, or even an entrepreneur's story, I had nothing, I came from nothing, and I yeah. built it up. Yeah. You know, if you look at people that win the lottery, mm -hmm. go to the UK and watch people that win the lottery. Invariably, it either creates massive misery, mm. yeah. okay, or they blow it very quickly. Yeah. Mm. And that's because people don't know uh, how to manage wealth. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't know the impact it has on their lives. It either gets them divorced and they're all really miserable because all of a sudden, who are your friends? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I remember in 2012 when, when I left the company that I was working with, I thought I had a sea of friends mm. and I realised they didn't. And, it, mm. and my faith in the human race evaporated overnight. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so it made me become very wary of everybody, very mm. sceptical of everybody and very... Uh, and very cautious about who I allowed close to me. Mm -hmm. Being, it's almost like if you, if you watch the, the, the Olympics, they have the track and field and they have the, the 1500 meters or the 800 meters on the track. Mm -hmm. And when they're on the 1500 meters, it's, it's the guy that sits behind the leader on his shoulder mm -hmm. is the place I like to be. It's, I like to be the underdog, but within reach of the guy that's ahead of me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that, that always inspires me. And as you watch that guy come off the last bend for the last 100 metres and, he, and he's on the guy's shoulder, he can see the guy in front of him, but the guy in front can't see behind. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't know how fast he's got to go, but the guy yeah. behind the smith, like, I know where you are, yeah. Yeah, I'm exactly. coming for you. Yeah. Exactly. And so for me, that, that, for me that, that, essentially that chase for success mm -hmm. is what really ignites all of my drive. Yeah. Okay. When I achieve it, it, it doesn't necessarily do it for me. And I'm glad, you know, I used to compete from a sales perspective and you'd get to the end of the year and the, the winner would be given the award at the end of the year and that, mm. that would be on, I don't know, December the 21st. Mm. Okay. Well, it went back to zero on January the 1st. Mm. So you, so you were more excited. To, well, you had 10 days to enjoy your success, but then on January the 1st, everyone's equal again. Yeah. And so it was like, well, yeah, but I am the number one. Yeah. Well, you are last year's number one. You're not this yeah, year's number one because yeah. you're all on zero. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, right, I have to start again. And as much as I didn't like that at the time, I look back on that now and I'm like, oh, that was really good. Mm. It's, it's really good because I, I, I became that again. And it kept that fight going. It kept that fire in my belly, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and I find that a the lot... The pursuit of it is more exciting than peaking, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's for like, sure. You know, I, I, I don't... Look, uh, to be completely honest with you, I don't create a podcast just for the fun of it. Mm. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not stupid enough to spend my time creating content <laughs> just, just for the fun of it. Yeah. All right? Do I enjoy doing it? Hell yeah, just like you guys yeah. said earlier. You know, we yeah. enjoy the, the, the process. is great, isn't it? Yeah. By the way, as we know, there's millions of people out there that would be terrified to do something like this, which mm. is a shame because of how much you, fun you do get doing yeah. it. Yeah. But I do it because there's, there's, there's a reason for doing it. And that reason is related to my businesses. Mm -hmm. My audience grows if they see that I produce valuable content for them. Mm. If my audience grows, then my influence grows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If my influence grows, then the I have more people. Was... That's right. And you have more people that want to enlist you for your services within their organizations or to benefit their organizations than if you have a small audience. So yeah. you know, when you were talking about it earlier, I, I, I try and educate people to mm. do podcasts. You know, you do the stuff in front of the camera. And I, I literally have people terrified of looking at that black box with a mm. glass in it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And as I said earlier, let's do the podcast instead. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Mm. Mm. This, this, doing a podcast is, is good for business. Yeah, yeah. for right. sure. But I don't think people get that. Yeah. And so when I asked the question earlier, is it for selfish reasons? Yeah, because you find a mentor every week and that kind of stuff. Do you know what? That's great. Mm. Okay, I look at it differently. No, of course. A financial advisor. Yeah. Go, and, go and interview the CFO of all of the top 20 or 50 companies in the city you live in. Yeah. Okay? Maybe, maybe there's 200 of them. Maybe you can get 50 of them in for an interview. Yeah. You get an hour and a half to spend with that time. You network with that guy. You learn his For story. Sure. You bond with that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The referrals and introductions you could get. Potentially him becoming a client of yours. Mm. Yeah. Personally, professionally. Yeah. It's huge. Definitely, yeah. huge. definitely. So there's, there's such massive business benefits to doing podcasts. For sure. Okay. Uh, so a couple of things. Our podcast helps us profile ourselves. So, of course, 
Um, I've got more speaking opportunities she's because actually of the She's actually generated podcast. business for, she, she's a partner in a company called, called Yellow. Yellow. Yeah. They're a, a, they're a branding and a content agency. Yeah. And because of the podcast, other startup founders have reached out to her in Yellow to, to see whether they can, she can help and them with their And this was five months ago when we were very new. So yeah. we were like, wow, there's something to this. Yeah, that's when we for were sure. getting like 100 listens on the this podcast. Is, see, this is the bit for me that's important for the audience to know sure, about. Yeah. yeah. Because some people right now are sitting in their car driving down the road going, I know Spencer keeps banging on about this. Yeah. Okay. But you being podcast, it achieves business people results. need to get, if you're in business development, whether it's a startup, whether you're an employee of a company and you're trying to grow your client base, whether you're self-employed, whether you're a commission-only salesperson selling real estate here yeah. or selling insurance or whatever it is, cars, mm -hmm. okay, surely the, 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 these people have to understand that by investing a bit of time in learning how to do this, mm -hmm. okay, this is a great platform for you to be able to be of value to the marketplace. And for me, it comes down to this. 25 years ago when I learned to sell, Mm -hmm. Okay, you would go and meet a prospect. Mm -hmm. You would do your pitch. Right. You would sell them something. Mm -hmm. They would pay you money, and then you would try and add loads and loads of value. And mm -hmm. that was called after-sales service. Yeah. Right. Okay. And that value you kept trying to add afterwards. Then the good people with high level of ethics and integrity added that service, that value. Mm -hmm. The people that didn't took the money, got their commission, okay, and moved Just on so to the long, next person. Yeah. Yeah. Because the world has changed, or the world of selling has changed, it now means it's completely flipped. You need to bring value first. First, correct. Establish value and ask for nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay, Gary Vaynerchuk says, jab, 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 right hook. Yeah. That's yeah. the value, yeah? yeah? Jab, 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 right hook. And for me, it's like, bring the value, bring the value, bring the value, bring the value. Now, if I was to bring the value to one person at a time, yeah. on the hope that something might happen at some stage in the future, mm. the reality is, I'm going to be spending a huge amount of my time not getting anywhere. And why would you do that when we live in you, a world where technology has enabled us to provide value to many at, well, at the it, same time? It's, it's the same as your business. Yeah. yeah. Because what we're doing here is we're producing some content. That content is adding value to the listener, I hope. Yeah. Okay, they're getting something out of it. And as they drive home or drive to work or whatever it is that they're doing, okay, they, that value that they're getting is enabling them to think differently, maybe get, get some education on something that can inspire them to do something. Sure. Your business does exactly the same. It, 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 you create, you've created a platform yeah. to make life easier for me, mm. okay, to go not having to speak to all of these different mental companies. I can just go here, yeah. mm -hmm. okay? And that's exactly the same with the podcast. I produce my content and all of these different people can hear it. I don't have to go and speak to them one at a time. Mm. So let me tell you about, uh, so our marketing strategy for Jarkar, because we were very lean at the beginning, we didn't have big budgets to spend on marketing and stuff, was purely content focused, okay? So there were two pillars to that, which the second pillar was the podcast, which came later, and that's when I was trying to raise money, right? So, the podcast kind of helps us. At but least the first pillar is the, first, the YouTube channel. The first pillar was creating lots of blog posts. And we realized that most of our customers are people who are moving to Dubai. And so we created a lot of content on YouTube about living in Dubai, moving to Dubai, you know, what, where do you want to stay in Dubai? How much does it cost to live in Dubai? How much do groceries cost? Like everything that you want to know about Dubai. So that grew my YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, when you give somebody so much value, yeah. they feel obligated to uh -huh. return in some way. Yeah. And then, then I, at the end of those videos, I'd pitch them like, oh, you know, like if you need to rent a car in Dubai, like we have the best prices, we have this convenience, go to hrcar.com. 30% mm -hmm. of my my traffic to my website comes from those, those pieces of content that I've created. And it's evergreen because people still, I created that content two years ago, mm -hmm. three years ago. Mm -hmm. It still works for me. And yeah, some we of those just videos have got hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah, yeah. And you know, thirty percent of the traffic that goes to Ijar Car, just remind me, comes from content you produced on YouTube two years ago. Yes. Yes. No, not. I would say cumulatively. I, I still continue to produce. Okay, content. but content you produced for the last two years. Yeah. Thirty yeah. percent of the traffic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you look at the traffic conversion, um, it's. It's, it's hard to quantify. It's hard to attribute, but yeah, we have got conversions. I know we've got lots of conversions through because YouTube because we feedback. do an after sales call to check, uh, you know, where they heard about us from, uh, where they heard about us. 
and uh, a lot of people say YouTube, some people say Google, because we have content on Google as well. Course, like we, we produce like written blogs, and then we have a video blog on which is on my personal name. We don't brand it as a Jarkar, it's me. But um, I do a lot of content on YouTube and then I, uh, and I push so, traffic. So we're it. covering content for any type of content consumer. So mm -hmm. if you like to read blog content, it's there on a jar car mm -hmm. and a lot of it is about coming, a lot of our audience is tourists and people that are looking to move to the is, is it the video or the audio you've converted into the written document? No, no, no it's, we, separate. it's separate. Yeah, because the format is different. Like people, like people are watching something on YouTube. Now I've been doing YouTube for three years now, so I've learned quite a bit. People, like you want a couple of things. You want the person to enjoy the video watch as much of it as possible, and then you want YouTube to promote it without spending any money on it, right? That's the best scenario. So, um, you know, like five to six minute videos, 10 minute videos work best on YouTube. And uh, and if, if you're getting enough watch time, like as you continue to produce content, you'll realize what works, what doesn't work. And as when you start getting your watch time more, you'll see YouTube automatically start promoting your content. It'll, you know, rank in search, it'll, YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. Like people actually search for everything on YouTube. I do. I don't use Google. Yeah. So mm. I, I search for everything on YouTube as well, and I and I saw the massive potential in that. And no other car rental company in Dubai was using that as a medium. So I was like, okay. And first, we were trying to produce content around cars, like so that was our product, right? Uh, so we we get some really nice cars. Videos. We had Ferraris and we had Lamborghinis and we made videos about them, very beautiful videos. But we didn't get any engagement out of them. They'd get like two, three, couple of thousand views, but there wasn't that much click through. And we still do produce that kind of video as well because like we inject that into the website, so it gives us rich pages. So there's video on the page. So sometimes, like, so you're looking at a Nissan Patrol page on our website, we'll also have a produced, a Jarkar produced video with the Nissan Patrol with all its features. So it's like a review video. It's kind of like a review of the car on the page itself. So it's like easy for people to digest that information. But uh, so we produce all this kind of content around focus, trying to pull people back to a Jarkar. And it's, and it's really worked for us. So when we were producing just the car content, it wasn't working as well, but then when we realized who is our audience, like who are the people buying from us? Mm -hmm. It's people who are moving to Dubai and it's tourists. Like those are the two main categories of people who are mm -hmm. gonna take a rental car, right? So that's when we started focusing our, our content to that targeted market. And it and With it really the Living in Dubai series. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like if you were looking to buy a property and you were talking to a real estate agent that showed you really pretty pictures of the property that is what we were doing initially by showing beautiful videos of the cars. And there's another real estate agent who tells you about the perks of living in that area, whether it's dog friendly, what restaurants are around yeah. and things like that. People are going to connect more. And there's a plug, of course, to sell the property, but mm -hmm. people are going to connect more mm -hmm. with the person that's adding more value. Mm -hmm. So yeah. this is something that we've learned with our content. So the kind of value that we add through our blog posts is different. And then, of course, we had to talk to a different audience as well, which is potential VCs and investors. And we wanted to start, a, use a platform where we could be really niche. So that's when we started the podcast. So, yeah. and, and we see merits in all the different platforms and they serve different purposes. And it is, it is a time investment, but it's not, I'm in marketing. So we can go and put a billboard up on Sheikh Zayed Road. I know how much you love outdoor, by the way. <laughs> um, or we can um, make that time investment and create content that consistently gets views, uh, eyeballs, listenership, and consistently makes our website rank higher, makes people hear about Ijarkar. We've met a lot of people randomly, and when Sid, Sid, I told you, he's always pitching. So Sid starts off with, yeah, so I run a business, a tech startup, it's called Ijarkar. We've heard of it from somewhere. And every now and then we'll say, oh, we've heard the podcast, or we'll mm -hmm. hear, we'll heard, we've heard the podcast, or we've you know seen the blog or the video. Yeah, so, so it's um, definitely proving. Uh, yeah, the podcast definitely makes us look like thought leaders. If somebody's listening to it, they probably understand how much experience and knowledge we have about 
startups now, like for three years I've been working on this, I've learned a lot. So it's a good way for me to de demonstrate my knowledge. To, so a potential investor might want to look us up, they'll see all this content. It, it definitely plays on the psychology of an investor, right? They'll be like, okay, these guys are startup experts, so they know about startups, so they know so many people in the industry, they know this guy and they know that guy. When you look for inspiration, yeah. from a podcasting perspective, what podcast do you listen to? What ones Oh my God, I have a long list. I have a really long list. I'm too okay, excited about first. this. How I Built This by Guy Raz. That's a really good startup podcast. Uh, Mixergy Startup Stories is also very good. Gimlet produced uh, this. Gimlet. Gimlet, Gimlet. is a... It's, a it's an audio production business. And they, they, they produce a ton of podcasts under the Gimlet umbrella. Yeah. And one of them is called Startup. And Startup was, the first season was about actually creating the business of Gimlet. It's yeah. amazing. They created a, a TV show around this with Zach Braff as well, which is awful. Yeah. The podcast is amazing. Um, so number two is actually not related to startups, but it's another Gimlet show called The Mystery Show, which just had eight episodes, but it's amazing. And number one is um, the Spencer Lodge podcast, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> That's so cheesy. Um, so how I built this is really nice because they get the... the daily or weekly? It's not even weekly. Like it's like they're, bi-monthly maybe? What they do is they get the most high-profile companies like founder of Instagram or founder of... Airbnb. Airbnb or you know Zappos or something like that. And they'll get them on and uh, they kind of share their whole journey, how they started what happened, like it's an hour long podcast. So I, I love that because it kind of, because you can kind of see like every entrepreneur was at that bottom stage at some point. I listened to, I just recently discovered this podcast called That Creative Life, which is more about the content creation that I do. So mm -hmm. it's a lot about, um, you know, strategy of um, online marketing, how to grow your Instagram audience, how to grow your YouTube audience and, you know, Facebook. Uh, then I listened to um, Explain the Universe. It's a very uh, interesting... Which it's I downloaded related. and then he... But uh, like she, da she we share... Explain the Universe. Yeah. Explain the Universe. Excellent yeah. show. So they've got like a, a cartoon cartoonist and an astrophysicist, like two guys. And they discuss like dark, scientific... Dark matter, uh, uh, you know, yeah, they, they discuss uh, a certain topic in science. Uh, like, um, what is a laser or, uh, you know, how do we know the size of the earth or something like that. And uh, it's like lighthearted but informational, so I like it. I generally tend to listen to stuff where I learn things. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. I think podcasts are great for that. Like, on the drive to work, if you can get information, like, passively, like, yeah, it's just it's, like it's plugging amazing. in the matrix, downloading yeah. some information. Yeah, exactly. In That's exactly. what I like about podcasts. Do you know, yeah. the, the funny thing about podcasts for me is, w w in England, when you're young, yeah. you listen to the latest music on mm. Radio 1, mm. BBC Radio 1, and it's mm. the latest chart stuff and the hits and everything else. And as you kind of, like, get out of your 20s into your 30s, you move across a little bit into Radio 2, which mm. plays some of the kind of, the, some of the older songs mm -hmm. um, and has a bit more talking but not a whole lot and it's a bit more light-hearted for, <laughs> for people a bit more true and then then you get to your 40s and then there's Radio 3 which <laughs> no one knows what's going on on Radio 3 it's just one of the worst radio channels in the world <laughs> but we go automatically to Radio 4 <laughs> which is literally 75% talking voice okay. and 25% music mm. and for, for me with podcasts Listening to podcasts, I, I never listen to music in the car unless yeah. I'm on the way to the gym at 5.30 in the morning. And I, I need to wake up. Just to, go, just to go there, yeah. But the rest of the time, I will always listen. And the radio here in Dubai, um, it, it's not the best in my it's opinion. It's really not, yeah. So listening to podcasts for me are a great way for me to, to start my day. And you know, I, like, I like people that run daily podcasts. Yeah. Mm. Even if they're 10, 12 minutes long, I like to know what's going on. I feel like I'm part of their lives. Yeah. 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 And whether that's uh, Russell Brunson's um, podcast, was Marketing Secrets, whether mm. it's Gary Vaynerchuk's 
um, Daily V, whether it's Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know I Peter love Simon Diemet? Sinek. Yeah, I love Simon but, Sinek. But I don't listen to Simon Sinek's podcast, but I've, I've, I've really enjoyed his YouTube videos. And I have used the knowing your why in your business your in so many pitches because yeah. I'm in marketing. So I have used that spiel and shown that video to so many clients. Yeah, I agree. Because mm-hmm. I think that, uh, that that is very, very cool. So what age group do you think is this podcast listener group? Because you said 20s and you're listening to I top charts see, and I stuff. don't think the, the it's pe- an age people thing. that are listening to podcasts are as young as maybe you would expect. You know, I think people who are like the new generation, they're exposed to technology. So they prefer streaming over radio. It's like you get podcasts from Spotify now. Mm. You get podcasts yeah. from Angami now. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it, like people have a choice. Like, today I feel like listening to music. Today I feel like learning something. Yeah, but hold on a minute. This is what fascinates me. On iTunes, mm-hmm. yeah. there is podcast, just as there is um, audio books, just as there is video and music. They're, they're all there in that menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are downloading music mm-hmm. knowing it's there. Mm-hmm. I think but people they don't are downloading. have a podcast there, mm-hmm. even though it's in the menu. Mm. Yeah, I, I th- find that fascinating. I think it's changing for sure. Like no, but music is something that is inbuilt in you as a like as a human being, right? Like everybody listens to music. Like from when you're small, you listen. Everybody knows what music is. Podcasting is a is in is a relatively new, new format format mm. of internet radio, right? Kinda. Mm. So uh, are we just documentary I- makers? <laughs> Well, I, I'll tell you, like, initially when I started by first listening to audiobooks, and I really romanticized, like, he, he always listened to audiobooks, and he would tell me, like, listen, like, I don't know why you invest in magazines and books when you can just listen to them. And I really romanticized the idea of holding a book and falling asleep with a book, like, it's like having a friend. So I was like, no, I, I, I don't want to get rid of that. I, I don't want to listen. So I think that maybe there is a, like people would rather have a conversation about finding out marketing tips or, or watch a video. And maybe the, the audio uh, as a platform requires still a little bit more time. But I find a lot of 20-year-olds, and we really aren't 20-year-olds, but I find a lot of 20-year-olds really adapting to and listening to more and more podcasts because it's... Like, it's an amazing uh, avenue to get some knowledge, to, to hear some beautiful stories. And I think that there's one podcast that did change the market quite a bit, and that is Serial. Uh, mm-hmm. Because Serial uh, is the story of a man who may or may not be wrongfully accused called Adnan. And it came out three years ago, or three, four years ago. And it blew up like it changed completely and a lot of people started listening to podcasts because of Serial. So I think we need some really crazy big hits like Spencer Lodge podcast and Start a <laughs> Hustle Middle East to really change the game and get people onto listening to more yeah. podcasts and discovering more podcasts. Okay, one, one last question. Yes or no? Okay, do business developers, entrepreneurs, salespeople, um, people that are looking to create revenue for their business, do they all need to be creating a podcast? Um, yes you, or no? You need to create content. It doesn't necessarily have to be a podcast. It could be a vlog. It could be a podcast. It could be um, you a know, blog. Instagram stories. But you need to be on social media and you need to be online. And if you're not on social media, how damaging is it to your business? Absolutely. You're crazy <laughs> if you're not on social media. Like, okay, I'm in marketing. But like it's like it's like having a business and no nobody knowing how to get to your business. Everyone's first point of interaction with the business in is Google it, or social. It's so. like not having a website for your. I saw business. I saw two companies today. Okay, two real estate brokerages. Mm-hmm. I went to meet both of them to talk about my products and services as a, how I could help them. This is company one, been in uh, established in business for uh, eight years here. Um, they have their own media agency. Mm-hmm. They felt strangled by Property Finder and Bayut, so decided that they'd have their own media agency and spend that money they were spending there to create leads from PPC and SEM mm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, they uh, have a focused training structure 
um, they pay themselves a salary and an annual bonus and they've got a written business plan. Mm -hmm. That's business number one. A full social media strategy. Business number two, all right? It's been going for four years. Three owners of that business, okay? None of them like social media. Mm -hmm. So they've all got a LinkedIn profile, mm -hmm. but they don't use Facebook, they don't use Instagram. And the way they generate their leads is through Property Finder, and they're furious that Property Finder have trebled the costs in the last two years. Mm -hmm. Which of the two companies is going to survive? Of course, definitely the first one. The second the company, first one has been the there second longer company was run by guys in their late twenties. I'm very surprised. The first company was run by a guy, a guy the same age as me. Really? And I am staggered to this very day how there are still people out there. In, and real estate is a great example of a very, very uh, populated marketplace. Mm. Yeah. How there are people there to this day that don't see how critically important it is to oh. be literally invested heavily in social media, emotionally, physically, financially. Yeah, you're crazy if you're not on social media. Even if you See. don't like it, you find people that can Help that can do it, it for you. Do and Yellow you. can do it for you. That's my plug. Over. <laughs> <laughs> how, how can everyone get hold of you guys? If they want to follow your podcast, it's Startup Hustle Middle East. Startup yep. Hustle Middle if East. they want to see your content on YouTube. Uh, Siddharth Vlogs. Siddharth Vlogs. Yeah, yeah, my name's Siddharth yeah. and it's Vlogs. Yeah. yeah. So they can find you there yeah. on Facebook. Uh, I also have Siddharth Vlogs on Facebook. Insta? Startup Hustle ME and also Welcome to Yellow. <laughs> okay, we're gonna, this is gonna be someone that's gonna be typing a lot of stuff in the links below yep, this, aren't yep, they? Yep, yep, Okay, is there any other channel that people can consume you on? Okay, ajar.com and just spell that. Ajarcar.com, E-J-A-R-C-A-R.com. Thank you very, very much for coming to join me this evening. Thank you for Thank having you us. Thank you for having us. It's been lots of fun. So there you have it, my interview with Sid and Mumta, the founders of the podcast startup, uh, Hustle Middle East, and also the founders of Ijar, uh, the car rental aggregator business that they're literally forming at the moment and just about to seal investment for. Now, first of all, I hope you enjoyed it and it was worth your time and you learned a lot more about their story, their industry. It made you feel positive and gave you belief that you could achieve things. So a little more about how this interview came about. You know, I met Sid and Mamta about two months ago, actually, and I was invited to be a guest on their podcast. So that's how the journey started for me. And when I met them and learned what they were doing, I thought, you know what? These guys have got something to share. They've got, they're in the place that so many people I help are in, kind of just getting up and running, just getting started, but not far enough down the line to know what they're doing enough and not actually achieving the success yet. So they're climbing that hill. And I know lots of you out there are in a very similar position. I remember during the interview thinking about how there was so much more to their story, you know, how much it revealed about their life, their industry, and how kind and welcoming they are. Um, is that, that energy that they seem to have together, you know, you can see that Mumta's, or you can hear that Mumta, sorry, is just one of those high energy ladies. And her having all that drive as well was just really lovely to see. I haven't seen them much since the interview, and obviously she's been getting prepared to have a baby, but if you've ever looked at renting cars, hiring cars, then you can look at this new facility that they've created. If you ever want to follow a podcast because you're in the startup phase of your business or you want to build a business or you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, check out Startup Hustle Middle East as a podcast and you can learn more about their journey there. The big takeaways were, number one, can husband and wives couples work together and build a business? I've always been suspicious about whether that can actually work and they're a great example of a couple that can make it work, like really make it work. On top of that, you know, everything that, that, that Sid was doing was interviewing people, taking the lessons that, from the interviews that he had and applying those lessons into his business. So he was interviewing people that were a few steps ahead of him on the tech startup phase. Um, and I know with one of my companies, Benapool, that's a tech startup and it's you know, a free service just like Sid's business is. And that free software that goes out Lots of people don't understand why we do it, but the fact is um, the long-term value of that type of business is huge. And what with us just seeing recently that uh, Uber has bought Kareem here in the Middle East for $3.1 billion, it goes to show that there's lots of opportunity here. And if Sid grows that business the way that I think he's going to grow it, then I think the guy's not necessarily got a unicorn, but he's definitely got something very special indeed. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, you've got any feedback, as I mentioned, email me at sl at make-it-happen.com or message me on Instagram at spencer.lodge or via Facebook at Spencer Lodge Official. Do drop me a note via any of those social handles. I'd love to hear anything you have to say or, or maybe have learned or started applying from this or any other show. If you're feeling extra generous with your time, a five-star review or comments on SoundCloud anywhere that you see this podcast it would really, really help to grow the podcast and get it out to more listeners. I look forward to sharing more stories with you on the next episode. But until then, thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you again on the next episode of the Spencer Lodge podcast. See you, folks.